hello. <laughs> I'm just laughing at how many notes I have on this chapter. It's a lot. It's yeah. one of my favorite chapters. I forgot. Well, there's a favorite exchange in there that I love. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking we'll forward to, to that. Mm -hmm. uh, how are other things going? We're trapped in the house. Self-quarantining. Yeah. 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 Day one. Okay. I was getting a little antsy. Day one was yesterday. Yeah. Day one was yesterday, but mm -hmm. I was getting a little antsy. I think it was because I didn't go outside literally at all. Yeah, you were. So I took Winston for a walk this morning, which I was, think that a was smart. Yeah. <laughs> we should do another walk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, it's going okay. It's kind of gloomy here today. It is. It's going to try to rain this week a lot. It hasn't fully rained. That's This is my least favorite weather because it's just, it's just bleh. Yeah, this <laughs> is Lansing weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or it's just muggy and then like, oh, a few drops, not actual rainfall. Is he getting in trouble? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Winston. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's not really not too much going on to report. Oh, Some different things in new merch. Wizard Unite. Oh, yeah. For people who are watching, That's right. we have a pop socket for the underground. Let's see how you're... Actually, I also... So I now have two pop sockets, but you can see our underground logo, my wizard page. Look at that phone. It's The real estate <laughs> is really running out on the back there. I don't know. If we get you like a vertical wand... I uh, mean... Sticker could go on the Harry side. Potter Wizards Unite. If you want to send me more stuff to promote your products, <laughs> I gladly will. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't played too much either because we didn't really go out. But I got a Newt Scamander yesterday from a Trace Tonic. The old Newt, the not regular, the, newt. the yeah usual, yeah. the the zoologist mm -hmm. Newt Scamander. That yeah. was exciting and random, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh mm -hmm. gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was. I did one Trace. But I fell asleep like halfway through it. Oh, no. That was so many so, uh, spawns. There was a lot of spawns <laughs> just up there. Oh. I rather optimistically checked in the morning. I was like, I wonder if they're still yeah, up there. Nah. Eight, eight and a half hours later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's pretty much it. I think we've talked about maybe trying to do a few more, more frequent episodes while yeah. we're home and yeah, helping you know people weather the boredom. Yeah. And, and to break up our that own everyone, days. Like it's... Yeah, true. It's good to have like an objective. Yeah. You made that awesome video yesterday. I did some writing. Oh my gosh, yeah. All my so... Wizards Unite questions, which I realized were not all of them after the video. I was like, oh wait, I have like all of these other ones. It is the way to use this uh, difficult time, I think, is to try to do some creative endeavors that you've things. been procrastinating. Yeah. yeah. And clean the house a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's get to it then, I think. All right. Okay, wands ready. Wands ready. I don't think I've ever made a sound effect. No. <laughs> there we go. Uh, turn to page 140. Ooh, did you update that page yep. number? Mm -hmm. Look at you. Mm -hmm. Turn to page 140, The Writing on the Wall. Today's lesson is called The Whispers on the Wind. Oh, you know, <laughs> okay. Magic. Okay. A synopsis. Mm -hmm. It's long. It's a long chapter. It is long. So I tried to, I actually cut some things out of the synopsis, but <laughs> the chapter begins with Draco's cruel words bringing more attention to the writing on the wall. Filch arrives and sees Mrs. Norris frozen and accuses Harry as Dumbledore arrives because Harry saw that Filch was a squib. Dumbledore calms Filch slightly while mm -hmm. taking Harry, Ron, and Hermione to Lockhart's nearby office to talk. The three claim they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, but Snape intimates that their absence from the feast and trajectory away from the Great Hall belie their guilt. Dumbledore declares that Mrs. Norris is not dead but petrified, that they will work on a restoration potion. 
Later, Hermione tells Ron and Harry that she wants to find out about the Chamber of Secrets, but cannot rem remember what was written about it in Hogwarts A History. She turns instead to Professor Binns, the ghost who teaches history of magic. He tells the class about the legend of Slytherin created the legend that Slytherin created a secret chamber that could only be opened by his heir, who would continue his mission of pure blood supremacy at Hogwarts. Harry suspects his classmates think he is the heir, heir and Ginny is particularly upset about the entire situation. There she is. <laughs> Finally, our trio settle on trying to interrogate Malfoy to learn what he knows, and if he is in fact the true heir. Hermione suggests they attempt the Polyjuice Potion, to trick him into thinking they were his fellow Slytherins. I left out the Myrtle scene. Mm, yeah. But that'll come back around a little bit. Yeah. A lot of ghosts. <laughs> you know, this is really the well, first time chapter. we've really interacted with Bins. Yeah, no, I know. But like you got Myrtle, you got yeah, like yeah. all these new ghosts. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's very much, it's so symbolic of this chapter is about the far back past, right? Like mm. Chamber of Secrets, the whole book is like, mm -hmm. you know. The past has has a longer history than just Voldemort, right? Yeah. B before Voldemort. Now we're talking about the founders a thousand years ago plus. For sure. Yeah. Right. What are some of the things you uh, oh, you jotted down here? So like, the, the chapter literally begins with like, oh, it's Mrs. Norris. So like, I'm like, okay, let me just gather some information on doing research on Mrs. Norris. And that took me uh, into like a lot. So J.K. Rowling said that she obtained the name Mrs. Norris from a character in Jane Austen's Mansfield Park, uh, a similar character, similar mm. or a similarly tempered character. Mm. And, but, um, not, but not a cat. Who but knows? not a cat. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Is it a person? It's a person. Mm. Um, and also, fun fact, the filmmakers used three cats while filming um, for or using Mrs. Norris. Mm -hmm. Their names are Maximus, Alanis, and Cornel Cornelusa. Wow. Those are intense cat names. Yeah, they are. They are. Nice. I mean, Alanis. Maybe she sings also. Um, okay. So I knew this because I wanted to go down this rabbit hole because I have seen this before. But there are some fan theories about Mrs. Norris and who she is and her relationship with Filch. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So I tried to figure out, like, what order I want to share this in. But, okay. okay so... When we were reading, I, was, I asked Jeff, I was like, oh, yeah, Mrs. Fig is a squib. And so we had a very brief conversation about that. But the reason I said that is because one idea that someone posted on Reddit was that there might be a connection between squibs and cats because Filch has a cats. connection yeah. to Mrs. Norris and uh, Mrs. Fig has a collection of cats. <laughs> and... Um, the su the suggestion or implication is per I don't know just this nod to cats having this like magical or mystical mysterious like okay. type quality so sure. wanting to be close to cats as magical possibly I don't know interesting that that's just a theory um, another theory though from fans is that she is his wife or love interest and was somehow turned permanently into a cat but Filch because he's a squib couldn't turn her back and um so that was a theory what is nagini again yes so this um 
this Reddit thread was like six years ago. So a bunch of people were like, how is that possible? Like everything we know about like humans turning into animals can be reversed. And then we have Nagini, who is a maledictus. A maledictus, that is a blood curse, Mm. and it only happens to females, so it's passed from mother to daughter, and eventually over time, so Nagini, as we learn from the Fantastic Beasts series, is a woman, and she turns into a snake, and eventually, or how it's explained by the circus dude, (laughs) is that she will no longer be able to transform back, so she'll permanently become the snake. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that is actually now, in my mind, a plausible theory of like, sure. what if she's a maledictus and she just turned into a cat? And so I also went into because uh, so people tweet at J.K. Rowling all the time. And on one have of the you ever tweeted it, I have several mm-hmm. times. She has never oh, responded to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> never responded. Friend code. J.K. Yeah. <laughs> Send me your friend code. No, but uh, she responded to a question about whether a maledictus could is only turning into a snake and she said no that there are other creatures that a maledictus could turn into it depends on the curse Hmm. so Hmm. just throwing that out there as a possible just you know add into the fan theories and then the third fan theory is that she is an unregistered animagus animagus um, and wanted to stay near Filch, but couldn't get a job at Hogwarts. And so my side note was like, okay, like how Filch gets his job at Hogwarts? I would love to just hear that story, like to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but J.K. Rowling has, and this is from a web archive. It's from an, a radio interview, I believe, uh, or maybe that was another one. But regardless, J.K. Rowling has said, no, she's just an intelligent and unpleasant cat. So ah. that might just like close Debunked all of, all of the theories, yeah. even the maledictus. Yeah, seems like she's just a grumpy cat. Still fun, but it's interesting because the like, squib one, not the first one, the first kind of fan theory about like squibs and cats could still hold. Yeah, yeah, true. And I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Then I was trying to think of like McGonagall, who mm. is an animagus into a cat. Like, is she yep. around a squib? I don't know. Maybe she's uh, a. <sighs> but she falls in love with be, a muggle. There's, Got to be fanfic about Filch and McGonagall. No, just <laughs> or Mrs. Norris and Mrs. McGonagall. Mrs. Norris and McGonagall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I like that. Well, because we learn more about squibs because we didn't have the name. Well, we had the... Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't have the name. No, I don't think so. We just saw the quick spell course and then Harry's right. kind of like, is he not a proper wizard? Right. And then... I love that with Dumbledore or whatever when they're uh-huh. together and he's like and I don't even know what a squib is <laughs> he says that that's a great quote do you remember like it's when because it was when Filch is like oh they Harry did it he found out I'm a squib he's like yes yeah I don't even know what that is yeah. <laughs> well we we also see so there's this um all of this this whole book has been about hierarchies and mm. status and purity and all of this like these constructed socially constructed labels and separating people and it's interesting because i think it becomes very clear through this chapter that oh squibs and muggleborn like are in the same category because there's Mm -hmm. a long so speaking about like the historical context of the wizarding world there's a long history also with squibs and their status and um how you have more information on squibs i do okay (laughs) this i'm curious about because i think squibs are 
are really interesting. So I, this was in my, like, um, after the three get kind of, they talk to the teachers and whatever, they like go off into a side classroom. Right. And it's interesting to me because it's, so it's the three of them, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Hermione says nothing. She says nothing. Yes, and I, I noticed <laughs> that too. Because I, I had to go back and make sure that she was with them. Yeah. I was like, is she actually there yeah. or did they leave her or something? So I wrote to myself, Ron is really killing it with the explanations of everything in this book. Hermione is very quiet. Maybe she's thinking everything And over. it turns out I think she yeah. was, yes. <laughs> she's always several uh-huh. steps ahead because she was thinking about, I think, the Chamber of Secrets yes. and the book and she, stuff. So yeah. many things. Yeah. Draco yep. yelling about mudbloods. So Ron, through his dialogue with Harry, explains to us that squibs are kind of the opposite of muggle-born wizards. Right. So they are wizards. I mean, so they are non-magical who are born to witches and wizards. Right. Um, and so Pottermore, now Wizarding World, has a lot about, there's like a whole feature article about squibs. So uh, some of the general, like how they relate uh, within the Wizarding World, some cut themselves off. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't want anything to do with it. Uh, some live as allies to wizard kind, like Mrs. Fig. So she mm-hmm. like lives as a muggle basically, but like is kind of like on the ground for witches and wizards if needed. And others living somewhere in the middle choose to work with wizards, but are not very neighborly to them, mm-hmm. who is of course Filch. <laughs> um, this, I mean, the, I, we could go into other tangents because this goes into stories that we haven't seen at this point in the Harry Potter series, but squib can be used as a slur. Um, someone, if you're trying to like throw an insult at a witch or wizard and calling them a squib or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a famous squib, his name is Angus Buchanan. And so I read his whole story. This was written by JK Rowling and I was just like, oh my gosh, how many stories do you have in your head, lady? With I'm going to take characters? a guess because I never read anything about this guy uh-huh. or heard of him. Is he going to be involved with hunting witches and wizards? No. So, no. Okay, so cool. he he is a famous squib in the mid 1800s. So we're going back a little bit. Okay. Um, his in the Buchanan family at that time there were eleven children, and he was one of them. Okay. Another one was James Buchanan, future president <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> no, cannot verify that. Okay. 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 Um, so what's odd is that, like, yeah, having 11 kids seems a little chaotic. I mean, we have one puppy, and sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, all right, this is a bit much. Winnie. But yeah. <laughs> Calm yourself. Yeah, exactly. But somehow the parents did not realize that Angus was a squib. So he's their third son. They just never noticed, I guess. They And in fact, and this might, I don't know if this is part of it, but it's like a weird, messy story. His dad used to proudly boast, oh, there are no squibs in the Buchanan family. And he even believed that a squib in any family was a sign that they were in decline and deserved to be winnowed out. So, you know, classic hatred just like embedded in I bet you he wouldn't, have be- he wouldn't have thought that anymore well, if he found out. Well, oh, and also I wrote a side note to myself. When we get to Dolores Umbridge, oh, it's going to be an exciting <laughs> family when you history. you said Dolores, I thought of Westworld. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, so Angus was described in this writing and like viewed by his siblings as 
the large oh so another feature of this family is like they were all really big i don't mm, know <laughs> so okay. they lived in this small village like in the outskirts of somewhere in scotland i don't know exactly where but okay. like the small village like everyone thought that they were strange and they're like okay these kids like keep going off like they're not going to school anymore maybe they're like sent to a i don't know mental institution so it was kind of like oh whatever like nobody knew that they were witches and wizards but um the so his siblings viewed him as the largest and kindest of all of them so they helped cover up the fact that he couldn't do magic nice. when they were young mm-hmm. and uh so to the point where his sister flora <laughs> forged an acceptance letter to hogwarts when he turned 11 so i, I guess it's possible you can forge an acceptance letter to hogwarts and they took him to Diagon Alley and pretended like, oh, the wand chose him. Like, I mean, it's 11 kids. I'm sure the parents aren't keeping up like that mm-hmm. closely with all of them. Mm-hmm. But they basically like covered for him. And his brother Hamish, like when they were going to Hogwarts, took him to Hogwarts on the back of his broomstick. So like puts the flying car into perspective. Ron, you didn't get, go to get on your broomstick and fly all the way to Hogwarts. I'll go. They're in Scotland. So I guess they're like a little, a little closer. closer. Yeah. But anyway. So, Angus is there in Hogwarts at the sorting ceremony. His name is, of course, not called. But he cuts in front of someone and, like, is eager. And he's like, I'm going to go, like, get sorted. But the sorting hat knows. So, unfortunately, the sorting hat was placed on his head. And it said, the hat announced kindly that the boy beneath it was a good-hearted chap, but no wizard. And so he was just like devastated, bawling, embarrassed. And of course, the parents found out because everyone was sending owls to them being like, oh, your boy Angus is a squib. <laughs> <laughs> so Angus goes back home. Like by the time he gets home, the parents already know. And his dad basically is like, no, you can't come live with us. I saw that coming. Yeah. So it was like really sad. And basically, so Angus was like on his own and eventually um, he ended up playing different kinds of sports. So Mm. like growing up and like trying to avoid curses and being a non-magical person, like he was actually quick for being such a huge person. Mm -hmm. And so he was good at cricket Hmm. for some reason. I would have guessed rugby, but but also rugby. (laughs) Oh, okay, good. And so in 1900, Angus Buchanan published... The groundbreaking worldwide bestseller, My Life as a Squib. And until this point, supposedly in the wizarding world, squibs uh, lived in the shadows. Like they were kind of hidden, secret, like they weren't really open. And so he publishes this memoir, My Life as a Squib. And at this point, like, he's also, like, on the Scottish rugby team. And Mm so, like, a bunch of witches and wizards read his book and, like, fell in love with his story. And then just, like, were like, oh, we got to go see you play rugby. So, like, (laughs) there's this, like, little strange note that uh, the wizarding world is somehow obsessed with the Scottish rugby team. And, like, (laughs) it's, like, hilarious. It's hilarious. Well, so they... There also was a note that they did watch him play cricket, but it was not really well taken. They're like, what is this? (laughs) What? But they were um, 
I'll put the quote. Wizards could not help but admire the strength and courage of muggles prepared to engage in a sport so brutal without recourse to disapparating out of the way or access to Skelligro to repair broken bones. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is a fun fact. He is one of the most famous squibs and in part because he kind of like brought that to light. And actually, so... This also took me down the road of looking at Ministers for Magic, and Eugenia Jenkins was minister from 1968 to 1975, and during that time, um, there were squib rights marches and a bunch of pure blood riots going on. Well, yeah. So that's just, I don't know, some interesting facts about the wizarding world, and squibs in particular. You know, that's interesting, that last point. That is in the timeline of Voldemort being alive, right? It is. It says, uh, she was soon confronted with the first rise of Lord Voldemort and then was ousted from office. I could see kind of how the politics Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's kind of interesting. Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Squibs are, squibs are super interesting. I think it's great that there's this story that she wrote about Angus because yeah. it gives, I've always been kind of curious about argus similar name yes (laughs) and like what his deal is and like i understand his bitterness to some extent and like but there but there's a hidden envy well and desire to like want to be part of it because like i mentioned before um he didn't have to he could have cut himself off from the wizarding world right, if right, he really right, right. like doesn't like which is so there's wizards. there's to me it's like the kind of classic persona of like you're near the thing you wish you could be but you harbor this sort of mm-hmm. cruelty that's born of of an envy you know yeah but then like there's also a there's also a form of bravery to it all like to have to to ha- to Each like put day. yourself near it <laughs> yeah. every day yeah something that's that's difficult for you yeah interesting mm-hmm. yep i i was really intrigued by um all the stuff with the squibs yeah so that kind of leads into like why i named it the the episode the way that i did the whispers mm. on the wind because i feel like it's well i think in the first book we had something named rumors or, or so, there was some chapter that mm. we named i named something like that yeah, yeah. and i was thinking like there's a lot of rumors in this in this one like mm-hmm. there's what is the chamber of secrets and my favorite quote was please sir don't legends always have a basis in fact yeah. i like that one yeah um i was surprised that he like kind of professor vince kind of like acquiesced to that mm-hmm. statement for a second there which was interesting um first of all great scene i love her her being jk rowling the way she <laughs> portrays Bin's surprise at like the student's interest and like Hermione raising her hand and he's just yeah. like what? there's I didn't write it but there was one point where he was like she said like Harry figured he had never been so like had so much attention yeah, from wrote, a student or something. I wrote that down. So this is my favorite scene, like uh, probably of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great scene. Okay, that might be a little bit dramatic, but uh this is one because I remember the last time that we talked about this in another video on the channel where we talked about Chamber of Secrets, I was like raging because I was like he can't get her name right. She just told you her name. Uh, yeah. but He misses all their names. Yeah, all yeah. of them. And so like I went like back. former students or something. I, I went back thought. and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. But 
So at this point, like we learn that Hermione has been, she's upset with herself because she left her Hogwarts of history mm-hmm. at home. It's all checked out. There's a waiting list. Everyone's trying to figure out what this legend is. She's such is. a great problem solver. Yeah. I, I oh my nobody God. else oh would God. even think so to I, talk to Ben. I wrote also in my notes, like, I wonder what Hermione's like now with the internet. Like, <laughs> she's just, like, know she she's just learns Google everything about time. everything. For sure. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so this is like literally, I wrote in my notes, this is like, she's desperate. This is like the Hail Mary throw of like, I have no other options. I'm going to do something that nobody does, not even her. Raise my hand and ask Professor Bins a question. Like, it's so great. And in our previous video, did we talk about the anonymity? Because it feels like a college classroom to some extent Mm. in the sense that like he just drones on and on and doesn't know their names and like. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the quote is Professor Bins was looking at her in such amazement. Harry was sure no student had ever interrupted him before alive or dead. Uh, yeah, I mean, cause, well, cause so like Seamus says something, he calls him a flattery, uh, and then, uh, Pavardi yeah. as Miss Pennyfeather. Yeah, I saw <laughs> Where that Where does one, that yeah. come I from? <laughs> my favorite quote that I wrote, I wrote quite a few quotes in here, but my favorite one in this chapter is he says there, he's talking about like, oh, like everyone's looked like they can't find it probably doesn't exist the chamber of secrets probably doesn't exist all of these great wizards have looked for it and they're kind of like questioning of like wouldn't you have to use dark magic and blah 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 and he says just because a wizard doesn't use dark magic doesn't mean he can't yeah and like that's such a it's good a throwback to kind of mcgonagall in the very first chapter of the first book uh yeah she says that to dumbledore to some extent she's like just because you're too like too good to use it or whatever and he's like yeah and Harry's internal monologue in his head um, later after class when Ron is basically like ranting on about Slytherin House and Harry is thinking to himself in his head, he never told them about the sorting hat. And it goes back to that line also where the sorting hat says, you could be great, you know. And like, again, this idea of like, you can choose how to use your power, your magic, your greatness. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the choice to do that. Like, and just because you have an understanding of something doesn't mean that you're just like bad, you know? But then part of the fear and like weird like labeling and stuff comes in because how do I know that you're not going to use it for bad? Like, that's kind of the thing is like, right. how with this, we talked about this in the last season about this idea of like, Um, understanding and knowledge and what is allowed to be taught in schools um, or in Hogwarts specifically and like do they learn about dark magic like what is it and like how that relationship and then it becomes tricky because people are afraid that they can't trust other people because Mm -hmm. you don't you know it's it's just so good I don't know it is a good chapter it's a very good chapter there's so much that happens Mm -hmm. it's kind of wild Because there's like kind of four discernible scenes and there's different locations and maybe even five, right? Because there's the library, there's the Lockhart's classroom, there's Mm. in the hallway, they go back, then Myrtle's. Yeah, Yeah. Lockhart interestingly fades into the background in this chapter. I mean, he's kind of like at that point. In that scene is pretty hilarious though because it's like, he's just like... But he's doing his own he, thing, and it's kind of like, oh, like, he's not the same. She's not dead. And he's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. as I suspected. 
damn it, Lockhart. Yeah. <laughs> you are the worst. You just ignore him. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, also in that, like, Harry's kind of questioning, like, whether he should have told the adults. I hear voices. Yep. <laughs> and Ron says to him, hearing voices no one else can hear isn't a good sign, even in the wizarding world. Yep. Oh, poor Harry. Yeah. I think that's also because I wrote a note. Uh, so Colin pops up. Mm-hmm. It In that moment when I was reading, I thought to myself, wow, Colin is basically like Harry's anxiety, but like manifested in an externalized form. <laughs> He's just there, like not a voice in your head. Like he has that also, obviously, voices in his head. But now he has this like other voice that just kind of pops up and is like, hey, Harry. Hi. Hey. Hello, Colin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh. yeah. And Justin Finch Fletchley. Oh, and- yeah. Because we learned about him and we're like, oh, bro, you're so cool. And then he's just like shunning Harry and you're like, oh, Ron's no. Ron's like, yeah, I didn't like him. <laughs> Classic Ron. Good friend. <laughs> Good job. Uh, we also get a little, you know, looking forward, possibly. Ginny Weasley seemed very disturbed. Yeah. I mean, but then also it's followed up by the attack had an effect on Hermione. So it's like not really clear that it's. I love the one scene where Ron is trying to comfort her and he's like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, but hopefully not before Filch gets petrified or whatever. And she's just like, (laughs) he's like, I'm kidding. I mean, in the movie, she's like this probably. Oh, my gosh. We saw that scene where (laughs) she walks down and it's Harry and the eyes. Oh, Bonnie, you're so great. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else did I write? Oh, Percy. Dude, chill out, dude. Yeah, so actually <laughs> this is a good one to talk about anyway because if I remember correctly, I think I think this is the only time that a prefect takes away points because I, I wonder if she maybe later kind of retcons the, the point giving and getting experience and then i also sometimes want then i when i was reading it this time i was like i wonder if he like makes a mental note of it and then like goes and tells mcgonagall and is like oh five points off from gryffindor i don't know i always (laughs) i guess i never really paid attention to it but i always thought like only the teachers could take away or give points or maybe he can only take away points or something yeah i don't know the answer to that yeah i would have to look at it yeah yeah but it was also funny because uh the the way that it was written was kind of making a connection back to Mrs. Weasley mm-hmm. of, or like at least the way that it was like describing how he was reacting and Ron snapping back being like, you don't care about Ginny. Yeah. You just care about yourself. And I'm like, oh, yeah. but it gives a great insight into Percy that he like cares about his own pride mm-hmm. enough to be like, I'm going to take points away. It seems like totally disproportionate. Yeah, like. yeah response he can't like yeah it's fine it's a use of authority right it's Mm -hmm. like the lawful evil type of uh, personality (laughs) like i'm gonna use authority because you're like insulting me so i'm gonna like come down on you yeah even if your insult is uh probably accurate (laughs) and it's like that's there's the irony of it all is like it is accurate it it, he is upset because it would hurt his chances to be head boy and Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. but then at the same time like maybe he's he's hurt because that's part of his motivation, but he actually does care about, you know, his family and like he wishes that things were different and it's Yeah, and so he's trying to like to thread, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to do good. And yeah, he's a compli- he's name. a complicated guy. He is. 
I also laugh because we uh, see Ron's fear of spiders. Yeah. And I don't quite remember this that, that vividly, but the explanation for why he's afraid of spiders. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That when they were younger, uh, Ron accidentally broke Fred's toy broom, which I think is adorable. <laughs> and then Fred turns his teddy bear into a spider. And I'm just imagining like just little baby Fred and Ron and just like doing these little spells to each other. Yeah, but it would be like, yeah, but it's like early, like when Harry jumped onto the roof and stuff, it'd be kind of uncontrolled. Like yeah. He would be, Fred would be mad at Ron, but like wouldn't be like, I'm going to turn your teddy bear into a spider. It's just like what <laughs> happens. It's how it manifests, you know, mm. it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's just super powerful. Yeah. He's just like, ah. He's like, this will ah. be something. <laughs> oh. um, so then also what I wrote down was, uh, uh, so they're talking, uh, the three are talking about the heir of Slytherin mm-hmm. and like, who could it be sort of thing. And Hermione's in it. I mean, she certainly has motivation to be in this and not be the one that's like, let's focus on our studies because it's literally her life <laughs> right if we're talking about if someone's targeting mudbloods or people who are um, muggle-born and harry in talking about draco says they could easily be slytherin's descendants his father's definitely evil enough and i just <laughs> went, ah. <laughs> yes harry yes <laughs> exactly yeah but it was interesting and what stood out to me was that so now instead of like in book one, it was all about Snape. So the target was already on Snape and it was kind of like, all right, let's follow this. Uh, now it's on Draco hmm. because Harry says, but how do we prove it? And she wrote, said Harry darkly. And it's interesting because that dynamic to me felt similarly with Snape. And it's like, you have it out for Snape. Sure, he might be involved. Like, sure, Draco might be involved with something sketchy, but like, the yeah, Harry is obsession not, with like wanting to prove yeah. at this point in his life Harry is not a very forgiving or nuanced thinker about the people who are cruel yes. to him yeah which is forgivable I mean they are legitimately cruel but oh. <laughs> yeah well in, in the age and the yeah, experience yeah. it'll yeah. be interesting to watch how Harry transforms a little bit mm-hmm. I mean there are events in later books that are are interesting like things boil over and yeah and become actually physical and frequently sometimes <laughs> and yeah i think like combine that with the fact that i don't know draco is just so flippant about it it's yeah like, it's it's the arrogance me, and smugness it's and kind of that. curious to put it to put it together because i think jk rowling is like kind of really hinting at us that like it's clearly not draco but harry clearly thinks like Draco is involved, yes. you know? Yep. And it's all kind of the irony, right? It's quite amazing the way she writes it because, like, in some sense, he is involved, but, like, he doesn't even know that. And, yeah. like, it's a kind of, yeah, it's really, really fascinating. Yeah. His father's definitely evil enough. And then the last thing, just a nod to Wizards Unite, most potent potions. So that's where the recipe for Polyjuice Potion yes, indeed. is I noticed that. in the restricted section. Yeah. And yeah. so that closes out our chapter, which is also a good exchange for me, uh, where Hermione's like, oh, we'll just say that we want to study. Because it's back to this idea of like, oh, you just want to study it. Like you aren't going to use it sort of thing. Old Umbridge. And yeah. uh, Ron says, no teacher's going to fall for that. They'd have to be really thick. 
It's like I think dun, I know, dun, I think dun. I need I think I know someone. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know a teacher. I think I know what's coming. <laughs> oh yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, good chapter. Yeah. I'm glad you love it so much. Yeah. yeah. I it's, forgot. It's I forgot. Well, because there's convincing. like you said, so much going on. Because once yeah. the classroom scene came in, I was like, oh yeah. I know. I was reading this morning. I was like, this is a long chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? No, oh, just that Mandrakes. Oh, yeah, little Mandrake. So we were introduced to Mandrake, so that was kind of the, the petrified thing. So yeah. uh, Dumbledore was like, oh, well, in a few days or whenever it's ready, like we can use the, I think the root maybe. I don't remember exactly um, what, but it's used for the remedy for petrification, which it's like it was meant to be. <laughs> you have a lesson on Mandrakes, and it's like, oh, hey, here we go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, until next time, Juan's ready. ready.